Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. When you need answers, you go to the experts. Created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. This week is our last episode for a few weeks, as I'll be taking three weeks out for a little well-deserved time with my family. We'll be back on the 23rd of July for the next episode of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. And if you haven't followed his Make a Difference podcast, I highly encourage you to do so in your podcast channel of choice. And please stay tuned at the end of this episode for a huge announcement. Last week, I encouraged you to think about your favorite education books. Thank you for sharing as always. Check out the social streams for more. This week... I wanted to ask about your go-to podcasts over the break, in addition to this one. What do you listen to for inspiration, both inside and outside the education space? Please share with me via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Desmos. Desmos offers best-in-class calculators, digital math activities, and curriculum to help every student love maths and love learning it. Desmos wants to build a world where every student learns math and loves learning it, where a student's access to the power and beauty of mathematics doesn't depend on their place of birth, their race, ethnicity, gender, or any other aspect of their identity. Their free suite of math software tools, including the renowned Desmos Graphing Calculator and Scientific Calculator, are used annually by over 40 million teachers and students from around the world. I highly recommend that you take a look at desmos.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about your go-to books for learning and what you were currently reading. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. Some of the books you suggested in your sharing on social media were... Visible Learning by John Hattie. This unique and groundbreaking book is the result of 15 years of research and syntheses of over 800 meta-analyses on the influences on achievement in school-age students. It builds a story about the power of teachers, feedback, and a model of learning and understanding. The research involves many millions of students and represents the largest ever evidence-based research into what actually works in schools to improve learning. Areas covered include the influence of the student home, school, curricula, teacher, and teaching strategies. A model of teaching and learning is developed based on the notion of visible teaching and visible learning. A major message is that what works best for students is similar to what works best for teachers. An attention to setting challenging learning intentions being clear about what the success means. And an attention to learning strategies for developing conceptual understanding about what teachers and students know and understand. The next book you recommended was Creating Innovators, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World by Tony Wagner. In this groundbreaking book, education expert Tony Wagner provides a powerful rationale for developing an innovation-driven economy. 
He explores what parents, teachers, and employers must do to develop the capacities of young people to become innovators. In profiling compelling young American innovators, such as Kirk Phelps, product manager for Apple's first iPhone, and Jody Wu, who founded a company that builds bicycle-powered maize shellers in Tanzania, Wagner reveals how the adults in their lives nurtured their creativity and sparked their imaginations, while teaching them to learn from failures and persevere. Wagner identifies a pattern. A childhood of creative play leads to deep-seated interests, which in adolescence and adulthood blossom into deeper purpose for career and life goals. Play, passion, and purpose. These are the forces that drive our young innovators. The third book he recommended was The Unschooled Mind by Howard Gardner. In this book, Gardner takes a look at the apparent disparity between how schools are designed and how students learn best. Thus, the title Unschooled Mind, yet he argues consistently for using many of the most controversial elements of schooling, including the widespread application of academic standards. It's definitely worth a read. The last big book you recommended was Out of Our Minds by Ken Robinson. It's often said that education and training are the keys to the future. They are, but a key can be turned in two directions. Turn it one way, and you lock resources away, even from those they belong to. Turn it the other way, and you release resources and give people back to themselves. To realize our true creative potential in our organizations, in our schools, and in our communities, we need to think differently about ourselves and to act differently towards each other. We must learn to be creative. This week, I wanted to focus on podcasts, and I wanted to share the five podcasts I listen to when I exercise or I'm in between meetings, all of which are learning-focused, but not necessarily edtech. My top five recommended podcast listens. As I've shared multiple times before, one of my go-to inspirations is Simon Sinek. As such, I love his podcast called A Bit of Optimism. During these times, we're all having to find new ways to connect, and this has been one of my go-to listens. Each week, Simon talks with people that inspire him about love, life, leadership, and silver linings. It's positive and cheerful and leaves you feeling good about the future. A must-listen. My second favorite podcast is Cult of Pedagogy podcast by Jennifer Gonzalez. Jennifer and her Cult of Pedagogy brand has a huge following globally, and if you follow her online, you'll know the amazing things she shares. This podcast is just another way to learn from the best. With over 7 million downloads and counting, the Cult of Pedagogy podcast is a world leader. Teaching strategies, classroom management, education reform, and educational technology. If it has something to do with teaching, they're talking about it. On the podcast, Jennifer interviews educators, students, leaders, and parents about the psychological and social dynamics of school, trade secrets, and other juicy things you'll never learn in a textbook. Other episodes feature Jennifer on her own, offering advice on ways to make your teaching more effective and more fun. I recommend you take some time out to add this to your playlist. The third one on my list is the Make a Difference podcast by Mark Quinn. I've been connected to Mark for many years now, and as the person who edits this podcast and makes it easy for me to publish a quality listen each week, it's only right to share the inspiration that got me to where I am today. Each of us have a choice on how we respond to situations and move our lives forward as we see fit. New Year's lead many of us to think about a reset or change to leave improvement, also known as a resolution. 
Previously published Monday to Friday, these sessions are 60 seconds or less and somewhere between mindfulness and reflection. Starting with a quote and a quick thought, make a difference just might become a daily stop on making us all better versions of ourselves, one day at a time. I recommend you add this as a daily bite of inspiration to your day. The fourth one on my list, Leading Equity Podcast by Sheldon Eakins. The Learning Equity Podcast was recommended to me by a friend, and it's a new one on my listening list, and I'm loving every second of it. This podcast focuses on supporting educators with the tools and resources necessary to ensure equity at their school or organization. On this podcast, listeners can expect to hear interviews and stories from voices of equity in education today. I highly recommend this as an addition to your education podcast list. The last but not least on my podcast listen is the Design Cast podcast by Jason Regan. This is an exciting podcast out of Korea in Asia by an amazing international educator I've been connected to now for a long time named Jason Regan. This podcast is particularly for design, STEM or STEAM educators, but it's very generic for anyone of interest in the education space too. Here, Jason interviews a wide range of guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives on education. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. I highly recommend you add this to your list. I'd love to hear from you and the podcast you listen to and recommend. Please reach out and share your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Clint Hamada. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Clint Hamada, who you may know is at C Hamada on Twitter with over 6,000 followers. Clint is based in Beijing, China, and is a school-wide education technology coordinator at the International School of Beijing. Clint and I have been connected online for many years, and I'm always inspired by what he shares. Clint, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Craig. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? So as you said, I'm currently the K-12 or EY-12 Educational Technology Coordinator here at the International School of Beijing. Um, and that at the moment, you know, we've had a, a lot of changes and shifts like a lot of schools have been having. Um, the, the main focus at the moment of that role seems to be more systems focused. How do we get our systems in alignment to really ensure that um, smooth transition, right, from the classroom or from the infrastructure to the classroom. Um, so it's almost like uh, an in-between position between ICT and teachers um, and just ensuring that teachers have what they need to do the job that they want to do. Yeah, so it, it's, it's an interesting role, but I also think with shifts that we have in the organization with COVID affecting everybody differently, um, I'm planning and I'm hoping and I'm thinking that that role is going to include a little bit more sort of teacher-facing coaching and facilitation as well, starting from August. Yeah, that sounds exciting, Clint. It sounds like you've done a lot and things have changed a lot, obviously with COVID as well. It's added that extra mix of, of change, uh, particularly for you guys where it hit so early on, but things got pretty good pretty quickly. You know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are really interested in teaching internationally. You've been in this space now for some time. Why do you live and teach in Beijing? 
And what's your best advice for anyone interested in teaching internationally? So this is our fifth year. We're just finishing up our fifth year here in Beijing. But my wife and I and our family, we've been overseas since 2000, really. So we're coming up on 20 years overseas. Um, we were really excited to come to Beijing because as a family, the school as a whole offered something for everybody. Um, you know, whether it's sports teams for our children or drama productions or, you know, the opportunity to work in very specific classes or larger classes. You know, we really like as a family, something that we really is important to us is having the school as the center, uh, a center of the community. Um, some of the smaller schools, you know, it's like, hey, you go to school, you work there, and then you go outside for different things, you know, more community organizations. We really appreciate that ISB is sort of that community center, and it brings lots of families together, lots of teachers together, lots of students together. And, you know, like I said, it offers something for everyone. Uh, you know, it's a good question about if you're interested in teaching overseas, it's is now the time to go overseas? Some people would say now is definitely the time. I think with COVID, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there that may not have been there. People who have been overseas might be returning home. There could potentially be a shortage in some areas. China is a really difficult location at the moment um, because many schools are saying we can, we can or we will only hire from within China. Um, because of the visa regulations and the work permit regulations, I think schools are looking up and saying, we recognize that if we hire somebody who is currently in another country, um, we may not be able to get them into China. So they don't necessarily want to take that chance. That said, there are so many colleagues who are going all over the world, you know, colleagues who are leaving Beijing and going to the Philippines or going to Europe or going back to Australia. So it is definitely a risk at the eh, risk is the wrong word. There is more risk at the moment. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, with great risk comes greater reward. Um, so if you are interested in making that move, you know, now may be the time to do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A lot of my friends and colleagues and connections that I've met um, I've been abroad now nine years and, you know, there's a huge sense of community and, you know, in international education, there's a lot of talk around. It's not what you know, it's who you know. You know, everyone's very well connected. And I think like you said, Clint, the power of um, being connected, but the power of being overseas is super rewarding. You know, I've learned so much about education, international education from being here in Singapore and traveling around Asia and around the world and connecting with like-minded people. I couldn't recommend it enough to other people. You know, today's times are difficult, but I wouldn't say it's a, a definite hard no. Um, there are a lot of countries, like you said, still accepting teachers uh, from abroad. So I think now more than ever, it's a great time to throw your hat in the ring and, and get amongst it. So great advice. I just want to add to that real quick. It, the other Now more than ever, too, I think it's really important that you do your homework and you do your due diligence about the school, um, about what their requirements are going to be. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about sort of the, the for-profit schools versus the not-for-profit schools. And I would say 10 years ago, it would be like a hard no working for a, a profit-based school. But now I think there are so many really good organizations, you know, that are proprietary 
that, you know, that's definitely not that hard. No, like it would have been 10, 15 years ago, but you still need to do that due diligence because I think a lot of schools are also popping up at the moment that are relatively new, relatively young. And so just make sure that you're really asking around and trying to get, like you said, you know, it's such a connected community. There's always somebody who knows somebody who has worked there um, and just get the sort of word on the street as a, in addition to what the hiring committee or the administration is saying and really weigh that up. Um, you know, because I, I, there are some stories out there of, of teachers who have gone to a school and it wasn't what they expected. Um, and that's also really hard. And there are some stories of teachers who went to a school and it was amazing and they just hadn't didn't realize what they were walking into. So, you know, do your homework. Make sure you ask around. Um, there are plenty of people who can give you advice or give you some ideas about what's possible. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, Clint. You know, you've done so much in your career. What's your next big goal? What do you want to achieve that you haven't been able to do yet? I don't know if there's one specific big goal, but I think, you know, working in schools, it's always how are you developing experiences as a leader in leadership positions, working, bringing more people sort of into the fold, really trying to to build the strength of organizations. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's the organization that you're working in. Obviously, that's really important. And sometimes it's working with others across the school. So, you know, or across different schools, I should say. So, you know, this podcast is a great example. How, How can we as a community help build up strength and help build up capacity and help build up experiences of teachers and leaders around the world and support them in their journey. So I don't know, like I said, if there's one specific goal, but I'm always cognizant of, you know, what what can we do to help support the community? I, I get so much support from my community that, you know, you feel like you really want to give back to others as well. Agreed. And uh, great summary of essentially why this podcast exists today. It's a great way to give back and share uh, and connect people to people that maybe never would have connected to before. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, Clint. Just the first thing that comes to your head and then a really brief why. What is your hashtag one word for 2021? Oh, it's got to be resilience. Um, you know, teachers, students, parents, all trying to exhibit that resilience. This is a once in a generation, a once in a century situation. People can get hung up on, oh, our, our kids are falling behind. Um, actually, our kids are doing great and they're showing that resilience. I think we as parents and teachers also need to show that resilience and commit to that resilience. What is your favorite EdTech book or resource? Oh, at the moment, uh, it's a couple of years old now, but if you haven't read The Art of Screen Time, uh, by a woman, I think her name is Anya Kamenetz, I think is how you say her last name. Um, it's a really good balanced discussion about benefits and the downsides of screen time and trying to, to think about it from a very balanced perspective. Not all screens are bad or give them whatever they like, but really helping you make your own decisions about what's right for you, for your family, for your school. What is your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? I don't think I could choose one, but at the moment I am, I've been seconded to teaching middle school math because of all of our COVID reshuffling for this semester, you know, and it just makes you realize how you kind of being outside of the classroom, you forget everything, you know, all of the time that teachers spend doing things. So I guess my one tool is going to be 
data? How are you using tools that help collect that data for you um, and display that data for you so that you can, as a teacher, spend your time acting on that data, not collecting it, not collating it? How are we automating some of that to free up your time to spend with students? And maybe it's something like, Mathletics or IXL or Zern or uh, Raz Kids. There's, I mean, there's lots of different programs out there that will help you collect that data um, so that you can focus on interacting with students. Great advice. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram for your own learning and why? Uh, I'm still a, a Twitter uh, OG. I, you know, I dabble in the Facebook and the Instagram, but I think Twitter is currently where the community is and where it continues to reside. And I just love the fact that you can connect with people from around the world. Every now and then you just get this sort of off the wall response and turns into a conversation that turns into something that you hadn't really thought about. Um, Instagram and Facebook are a little bit more closed community. Um, you get a little bit more in depth there but i do like the ad hoc connections that you can get from twitter agreed what is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy progress and succeed in your career um get out of your classroom or your office right walk the halls um, see what's going on if you are in a, an ed tech role or a coaching role just try and get out there and connect as much as you can um, it's a little bit harder in the classroom, I understand that, um, but how are you seeing, especially if you're working at a, an international school or like a K-12 school like I work at, there is so much amazing stuff going on, two hallways down, um, that I don't know about unless I get up and go and have a look. So get out, connect with students, connect with teachers, connect with admin, connect with the TAs outside of the classroom, just walk those halls and really get a, a, a sense of the pulse of the, the building. And what's your favorite education focused quote, Clint? Ah, that's a good one. Um, I am really partial to the quote. It's not really education focused. It's more innovation focused. Henry Ford once said, if I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. <laughs> um, and it just really, just really reminds you, right, that sometimes people don't know what they want. They're going to fall back on what it is that they're familiar with. Um, and part of our role is to help them see the possibilities of other ideas. Yeah, that's a fantastic quote. You know, Clint, you've shared so many useful insights and inspiring pieces here today, and I'm sure the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Twitter. Twitter is the way, at Chamada on Twitter. Yeah, that's where I am. That's where I spend most of my time. Awesome. We'll make sure all the links to what you've been talking about and your social streams uh, in the podcast notes below. Clint, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Craig. Really appreciate it. Next week, we're taking a break for three weeks to rest, recharge and reconnect. And we recommend you do the same as well. On the 23rd of July, we'll be back for episode 56 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by the incredible Alec Kuros. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last week, I gave away one hour of free consultancy support from Ben Sheridan and 407 Learning. To win, you need to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Gareth Haddon. Congratulations, Gareth. This week, I'm giving away your choice from my bookshelf of favorite books. 
45 books to choose from, and they are all game changers. To win this prize, go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute. The link is in the description below, and competition closes on Wednesday the 30th of June, and the winner will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. Today, before going on a break for a few weeks, I wanted to announce something that I've been teasing for a little while now. A game changer in the space of professional learning for educators. We're working hard behind the scenes and looking forward to bringing you this groundbreaking experience in August. For now, you can connect at eduspark.world and get updates, spoilers, and teasers to keep you on the edge of your seat for what I can guarantee to be one of the greatest learning spaces you have ever seen. We're creating a movement, and we want you to be a part of it. You can join now at eduspark.world. The link is in the description below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate this podcast too, so we can reach more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And please don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.